mind, Paul, lift you up today. We bless you and we exalt you. We exalt your holy name. We are happy, Father, that you love us so much you woke us up today. Many didn't. Many didn't. And so we thank and praise you, Father. The Lord, I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And Lord, I just thank you that we, you always allow us to hear from heaven so that we can be healed, so that we can be taught, so that we can be delivered and set free. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Every day in God is a blessing. Amen. It's better than one day without him. Every day of every if it's a bad day. It's good. If you're in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. An expected end. A future and a hope. This is what God lives for. This is his heart's desire. His heart's desire is to bless you and me a future and a hope hallelujah this is what god lives for he lives to bless us he lives to give us the desires of our heart and we need to show him some thanks we need to honor him we need to live for him amen hallelujah if we are expecting anything from god that he is letting us know because of the timing of things that this is our time to receive it. If you are expecting anything from God, then this is your season. So you need to be expecting because he says, I'm going to give you your expecting in. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's not a new scripture. God is telling us there is hope in thine end. In other words, there is hope in your end. That your ending end up like you want it to end up. That's what he's saying. That's what the scripture is saying. He's saying there is hope in what you are hoping for. So don't look at what it looks like in the natural it can look any kind of way. God, see, the way things look doesn't bother God. But there is hope in thine end, in your expected end. So if you are expecting anything from God, there is hope in thine end. There is hope in what you're expecting. There is hope in what you're hoping for. And this is what Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is telling us. Amen. God's heart's desire is to give us what's, to give us what's in our hearts. How do we know? Because his word tells us so. This is not a gimmick and it's not something I'm just up here saying. This is the word of God. Amen. And he says there is hope in your end. That things will wind up ending the way you hope they will. Amen. Did I explain that right? And so anybody can receive it. That's why God says we need childlike faith. Jeremiah 29, 11, let's read it. It says, I know the thought that I have that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. And if you look that up, it says it means an expected end. So God is saying you have a future and you have a hope in him. Amen. It says to give you a future and a hope, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. Amen. And that was Israel's hope. Israel's hope was that God would forgive their sins and heal their land. Amen. He said that if they would humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, then they would hear from heaven and he would heal their land and this was israel's hope and they call it in is is in israel language or however you it's a tick by and this was their tick by 
that God would forgive their sins and heal them, and that their end will be better than their beginning. Amen. And the same is for us. When we have God's mercy, we see his plan for our lives. Amen. Verse 13, well, the end of 12, it says, you call on me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. In other words, God says, I'm not going to reject you. Whether you've done good or bad, I won't reject you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. In other words, that word search means follow after. Now, most people, especially if you're religious, you think there's a trick to this, but it didn't happen. You know why? Because you didn't follow the instructions. Because I was looking here, and I've looked here. I preached uh, an expected end before years ago. And what God is saying to us is, I want you to come to me and repent. And it says, and, and cry out to me with all your hearts in verse 13. Search for me. Seek me with all your heart. Follow after me. And so we have to be sure that that's what we've been doing. Because it makes a difference. See, God does not nullify his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Because of iniquity, God had the Israelites in exile. And because of our iniquity, we can repent, but when people don't repent and don't take responsibility for iniquity, you separate yourselves from God. And so all God is saying here is, I will return to you your former state of prosperity if you repent. If you seek me with your whole heart, this is all God is saying in, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. That's all he's saying. Is that he wants us to seek him with our whole hearts. Not just give him a little bit of time every day. He don't want you to try to read the whole Bible. And keep up with it, you know, with all of this day by day. I mean, it's good if you can. I don't try. Because I try to be led by God's spirit as to what I'm supposed to be reading and what I'm supposed to be doing. I like to be led by the spirit. It's always worked for me. So God is saying in this hour, and you can tell by the seasons and the times in which we are living, what's going on. And look, God wants us to pray. He's calling all intercessors. Calling all intercessors. Calling the end time church who has a heart for him. And he's saying if you turn from your wicked ways and just repent, do a little tweaking. He says, I'm going to fix you up. I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Because it's time for me to bless you and let's get on with saving this, <laughs> saving the church. Because the church is going, well, I'm not even going to say it. But uh, Kelly said it uh, <laughs> the last time. She says, it's going, uh, the church is going to hell or the world's going to hell uh, in a handbasket or however you say it. And then she says, well, you know, I shouldn't have said that. And I'm thinking, oh, yes, you should have because it's true. Because the devil will cause distractions so that you don't do what you're supposed to be doing. And that's repenting and praying. Amen. Hallelujah. So the end time church has a work to do. And the devil loves to distract people so they don't pray to pray. That's what it is. It's a, a, a trick for the intercessors to not pray to prayers. I, I wasn't going to say this, but I have to. I was talking to somebody about this earlier this week. There's babies being murdered. We know that. But I'm talking about children kidnapped, having blood drained from their bodies, and people having parties drinking the blood as a, a, a wine, uh, whatever they call it. And we're sitting here in the church arguing with one another. And children are being, they inject their blood in their veins to give them a high. And then they say they like to look, watch them. Why, am I lying? You read that? The, and it said they, they like to watch them die to see the pain on their faces. And what kind of world do we live in where people have turned such cold hearts that they like to see children die because it gives them pleasure? It's time for the intercessors to wake up, quit fighting each other, 
and pray the prayers God has given them. Well, how do I know it's from God? Is it the word? Pray the word of God. Amen. This is no time for internal disorder. Because this is what the devil likes to do. See, I'm so thankful I see the bigger picture. I say, this is a distraction. And so sometimes you just do have to just go on and and let people do what they're going to do. But you stay focused and you pray. Amen. It's too much going on now. There's proof that this stuff is really happening. And this is why I try to keep up with everything that's going on. If it comes to my phone, I try to share it. I try to stay on top of it and pray because I see the bigger picture. And it's not worth this stupidity because this is sidetrack. It's, it's so people won't pray the prayers. And we already know the prayer manual because it's, it's got victory over in certain parts of Africa. And so we already know it works. Prayer works. And so we need to be about our Father's business, and we don't need to let anything get in that way. Amen? God will straighten out people who are not right. And in case you've been asleep, leadership is under, what is it, under? Yeah, but you know, what? Um, what's his name's prophecy? He said leadership is under, yeah, under judgment. So if you got a beef, let God take care of it. But you need to be praying the prayers so that people's children will, will end up where they're supposed to end up. There is a little boy I found out. Um, his mother worked at, where did she work? Dave's on Lakeshore. He's going around and around in a, in a bus, an RTA. And anybody could have just grabbed him but, but God. Amen. And he wound up at his mother's job. Finally, God had somebody go over to him and find out, why are you on this bus? And he's going on. And the bus driver, you don't know what kind of person that could have been. Why wouldn't you turn in or call the police for a kid that's been on your bus all morning? And so I believe he was snatched out of the grips of the devil. Amen. And see, you don't know, maybe your prayers did that. But we need to keep going. We don't need to. I don't care. Pray your prayers. Okay. I don't care what you do. Don't stop praying. Where there's unity, there's strength. And that's why the devil likes to get into people's heads. Yeah, he he uses real, you know, real situations. But what are you going to do? You're going to sit up and be a pawn for the devil? I mean, this is real. These people are kidnapping kids every day, sedating them on a field trip. And they sedate them, rape them, and send them back to school. They don't even know they've been raped. It's no time for foolishness for the church. It's just like I don't blame the president told the group of uh, priests, uh, preachers that went and was laying hands on him, praying. And he said, wait a minute. He said, this is not my job. He said, it's the church's job. They can't, you know, they're going to pray him up and he, you do something. But he said, no, nah. he said, that's, that's your job. It's the church's job to take care of moral issues. He says, my job to, to protect this country and to make sure they're no longer taking money from us. I mean, come on. And so it's our job. And the only concern I have is for humanity. That's my only concern. I don't care what nobody's doing. Okay? Because I have to govern me. I have to govern myself. I'm responsible for me. I'm not responsible for anything else, anybody else think, or anybody else is doing. I don't like confusion. If it comes to me, I try to squash it, and we keep moving. But stupidity, I, I, don't, I don't have a long, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. And I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm going to do my best to be right, righteous, fair, like I've always been. And I'm going to keep moving with God because I see what the devil's trick is. Everybody who's praying uh, uh, prayers of the heart, prayers with power, he's trying to take them out. I'm telling you. Telling you what I see. And so we need to get back to... The reason we meet here, and we've been doing this for 25 years, 
Amen. And it will keep going. It will keep going. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, you can't stop. Nobody can stop what God is doing. I can't stop it. Nobody can stop it. And so we're going to do our part until we see change. Wait until the dust settles. We're going to pray until the dust settles. And we, I, I just didn't mean to go there, but it's just, it's, it's just crazy. And so, because the, the devil's crazy. He's crazy. It's really crazy. The stuff that you just see on the news and how people can just straight out lie on you for no reason. Because the devil don't need a reason. He just lie on you. Because he's full of evil and full of hate. Amen. And so we need to continue to pray those prayers. Don't let anything stop you from praying those prayers because you're doing God a favor. The God that woke you up this morning. We're under his authority, nobody else's. Amen. This scripture is talking about how God feels about us. He's saying, if you get close to me, I'm going to give you your expected end. Whatever you're expecting from God, he says, seek me and you'll find me. In other words, God says, I just want to get close to you. He wants to forgive and cleanse and set us free. He just says, seek my face. Hallelujah. God's not angry with us. He's angry at the wicked every day because that's his word. But he loves us. He loves the redeemed people. We're the redeemed. And we need to act like it. He wants us to believe that he has good things in store for us. And he does. He has a good plan for our lives. Everything that God has, I want. Because it's, you know, it's better than what man can give you. Amen. He wants us to believe that he has good things for us. He, and this is the thing. God takes us back to the last place that we were blessed. And then he adds to that. If we are expecting. So expand your expectation. You know, loosen the cords, broaden your tents, and start to expect whatever it is that God has promised you, you can have it. The devil cannot tell you you can't have it because God's already said you can. So who is he to tell you what you can and go, God's not going to do it. He's already done it. He's trying to get us to line up. See, this is the thing. God doesn't bless mess. And so all he wants us to do is govern ourselves with repentance or, or tweaking, whatever we need to do. And I'm telling you something. I told the devil, I said, you ain't taking nothing else from me. Not this time. I'm, I put my foot down. I, and, I, and that means staying away from foolishness, too. And I said, I am not a lot because I got too much to lose. And I said, I'm not letting the devil steal from me any longer. And I mean that. Amen. You can have whatsoever you say. It says, this scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, is saying, you seek me, you'll find me. Seek me with your whole heart. He says, and I will bring you back to your former state of prosperity. Amen. Now, what's your former state? It's in the garden. There was no problem. There was fulfillment in the garden prosperity in the garden everything that you needed you could go and buy with no money he's bringing us back to that place amen there was no sickness no disease he's taking us back to that place but all he's saying is i want to be alone with you i want some time with you amen and i mean some sincere time touch my heart just touch me we you know i really think god wants to touch us and agree touch and agree Amen. He wants us to believe what he has for us is good. God doesn't have anything bad for anybody. That's Satan and his tricks. Amen. Let's go to Job 42. Job 42. Hallelujah. I'm just giving you what I've been meditating on all week. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you about that if God release it. But it's what I wanted to preach. I wanted to preach about keys. 
because God's been speaking to me about keys. But he didn't, uh, he didn't get, he gave me this. <laughs> but know that there's keys that God has given us. Amen. And keys unlock doors. Amen. That's all I'm going to say. Because it's really all I know right now. <laughs> but keys unlock doors. And there are many keys that God's given us. Job 42.10, and of course, everybody know this is the last chapter in Job, and it's when he was restored. Amen. And it says here in verse 10, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Amen. So you know what they took him through. They accused him. Oh, you God's man, why are you sick? See that God that you serve, he ain't no good see what he did you know even his wife you know what she told him but see you have to understand what's written it says god restored job's losses when he prayed for his friends so sounds to me like job got over it repented amen took responsible responsibility for governing his own self amen And he said, indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. So in other words, God uh, restored his losses. Restoration was multiplied more than the previous times. Amen. Let's see. Let's go to verse 11. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Uh, Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. In verse 12, now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Now see, it says God blessed his latter more than his beginning. And so, you know what that tells me? That tells me that that's his expected end. See, his end, this is what it it is. His end was better than his beginning. I'm looking forward to that. His end was better than his beginning. That's what an expected end is. That's your future and your hope. It was better than it was before. Let's see. It still says, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three more daughters. He had more than he lost. And he called the name of the first uh, Jemiah. The, the name of the second Keziah and all that. Verse 15. And in the land... In all the land were found no women so beautiful than the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After, his, after this, Job lived 140 years. So he lived 140 more years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. If you look in the message translation, you'll see that it says he lived 140 more years it doesn't say 140 years it says in the message translation that he lived 140 more years amen so you know oh okay and it says and so job died old and full of his days he lived longer than moses amen and so you can see how god blessed his end his expected in a lot of people, they worry about how they're going to end up. What's going to be my end, you know? Maybe you don't feel like you did the best you could do for your kids or your grandkids or whatever it is. Maybe you didn't do what you were supposed to do. And so people tend to be worried more about their end than their beginning. But I'm telling you, God says that he will give you your expected end. Amen. And that's the future and a hope. You'll have more than you had before. This is the season. That's what Amos 9.13 is all about. It's about God's expected end for you and me. Amen. That word, when you see captivity, it means the former state of prosperity. 
amen, your former state of prosperity. So in other words, the condition you were in before you, when you got blessed, the, the condition of the garden, the last place you were when you last got blessed, that's your former state of prosperity. That's the captivity that he is bringing people back, like in the garden. He has taken us back to our, his original plan for us. Amen. A place of prosperity. And he was returning us to a place of blessing. That's the season. That's what Amos 9.13 is talking about. Amen. The former state of prosperity. Let's go to Isaiah 55. And I hope everybody receives this for yourself. I'm receiving it for me. God doesn't have any special people. There's no partiality in him. Your, your faith will work whatever you want it to work out for you. You know, faith is always working. And God doesn't ignore your faith. Isaiah 55 verse 8. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts, your thoughts. Hallelujah. So in other words, God says we don't, we don't think like he thinks all the time. He sees us productive. He sees us prosperous. He sees us in the best possible way. He sees us better than what people see us. Amen. So you, you can't rule out God. And as long as you're pleasing God, you've got to be pleasing people. And if you don't, keep pushing. Just keep doing what you keep doing good. Because good will catch up to you. Amen. It says, for as the rain comes down, and this is his assurity. For as the rain comes down, verse 10, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there. See, it don't go up. It comes down. But water the earth and make it bring forth bud that it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. And see, it's still talking about our end. In, in other words, no sad songs for me. You know, no death and, and all of this stuff just crossing over. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. That's going out with joy. When you die of sickness, that ain't joy. <laughs> but when you just cross over, it, you know, when you're satisfied, and that's another thing. I had to, I had to talk to my uh, husband's aunt. She's 94. And uh, one of her younger sisters died, and I, I just went to the, I couldn't. The funeral is going on now, and that's where Bridget and Tony went. Now they're coming back, but I went to the, what do you call it? The, no, the, what's before? Uh-uh, before, the day before. Viewing of the body. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to her, and I just sat there with her, and I forgot what I was going to tell. Oh, and she was worried and she's in pretty good health. She's been sick like her shoulder. She had an accident years and years and years ago. And you know how it is when you get old, they tell you arthritis and all this stuff. But she was worried. And I told her, I said, did you know that you don't have to leave here until you are satisfied? And she didn't pay me too much attention. She was thinking. And then I said, yeah. I said, you don't have to die. I just had to break it down to her until you are ready to go. I said, the Bible says, because she's Baptist, so you got to give them date, time, scripture, you know. And I told her, see, I was one, so I know, I know how she rolled. And I said, it says that you, you don't have to die until you are satisfied. And that means you set the time. I said, you 94, you want to live longer? No, she asked me, well, well when did Mr. Mason die? Like she comparing. See that saying that religion. And I told you know what I told her? When he was satisfied. And he did. He did. Because he told me and he told Sheree it wasn't no more fun. 
So he said, so I guess I'll go on. Ain't, ain't got no fun. Y'all know what he wanted. Louise won't let me have a girlfriend. I, I guess i just go on home, you know. But he, I told her, I said, he died when he was satisfied. And so I said, you don't die until you're satisfied, because I could tell she wasn't satisfied. And she said, really? I said, yeah. I said, you talk to God, and you let him know when you are ready. And she said she would. And she looks good to, you know, get around better than me because she's not fat. But you know what I'm saying. So I told her, I said, you don't die until you are satisfied. I said, are you satisfied yet? She laughed. She said, no. I said, well, then you, it's not time for you. I said, you can't look at everybody else and say what's going on in your life. I said, because everybody has a set time. I said, if you're not ready, it's not your time. She listened after, after, you know, we talked a while. It took a little while to get past that, uh, what's that, rationalization. Or, but she started to listen. And then, you know what she told me? She said, I miss those girls' call. She knew. She says, I was at the doctor. Uh huh. She says, I missed that call. I was at the doctor. She says, I always appreciate when they call and pray for me. So y'all don't play that prayer cheap because those people need that prayer. And she says, I want to come. She said, I just, I said, we understand. I said, they'll keep you on the list. I said, you, you stay here as long as you want to. She said, thank you so much. Never been told that. Never been told. You see, we, our work is still, even in our families, we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. So we don't have time for foolishness because we got a, and I just walked into that just this week. And I was so thankful because I didn't want to go. And I was saying, I had let the dead bury the dead, you know that. But God told me to go. And I went and I wound up teaching her. And, and, you know, giving her some good news. And she said, wow, she was smiling. And she's, you know how the thing say, oh, well, I guess I'm next. Because she was older than the one that passed. But uh, I said, no. I said, your time is when you're satisfied. I said, and she wasn't satisfied. So I said, well, praise God. And it just goes to show you that my work is not done. You know what I'm saying. We just have to do what we have to do. Amen. And sometimes it's going to take us out of our comfort zone, but we got to be willing to do that and keep moving. Hallelujah. Did I finish Isaiah? Verse 11. So shall my word go that goes out my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. For you shall go out, oh yeah, we, we did this, go out with joy and be led out with peace. That's when I was talking about choosing when it's time to go. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of thorns, you shall come up, there shall come up the, the uh, cypress tree. And instead of the briars, shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for his name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. And the everlasting sign that shall not be cut off is prosperity. Amen. For your children, your children's children, prosperity. Amen. Let's go to Amos 9. Hallelujah. Verse 13. And it says, Behold, the days are coming, saith the Lord, when the plowsman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. And I will bring back the captivities of my people Israel. Amen. In other words, he says, I will make things right. I'm going to bring them back from captivity, and that's you and me too. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make the gardens and eat fruit from them. And I will plant them, plant them on their, wait a minute, and I will plant them in their land. And no longer shall they be pulled up 
or driven off, that's what it's saying, from the land that I have given them, saith the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Let's see. Is that it? Yeah, that's, I went to 15. And so the blessings will be so great. This is what Amos 9.13, and this is the King James Version, is saying that the blessings will be so great that Amos is comparing them with the land producing so quickly and so richly that it's difficult to finish one cycle before the next cycle begins. And that's what Amos 9.13, that's what Amos was referring to. He's saying as things are going to be happening so fast, your head will swim one thing fast on the heels of the other. And so what he's saying is before one cycle ends, another cycle is going to begin. And this is how fast, how great God's blessing is going to be for those with, who has an expected end. Those who has a, a future and hope. Those who are expecting God to do something for them because they have been persevering, because they have been praying, because they've sacrificed their time. And that's everybody in here. And so we have sown seeds where we can expect our expected end. Amen? Hallelujah. So God says these are the days that we will enjoy the fruits of our labor. These are the days. Hallelujah. These days are similar to the, to the reversed curse days because of repentance of his people. So you have to pick up on those key words, repentance for the people. This is a time of great restoration, a great, you can say, I, I'm going to say a reversal of fortune. Amen? Because he's reversing it back to the, the way it was in the garden. Where we had everything, whatever was, whatever was last, I mean, I'm sorry, whatever was lost, like land, possessions, relationships, will be restored and found again. And this is what Amos 9.13 is, is promising you with an oath and a promise. Amos stresses that God's mercy and grace toward the people and its fulfillment is based on the unconditional blessings of God. These blessings of God are unconditional. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. That means if I messed up and I've been bad, I can still get my blessing. I just need to repent. And that's all he want, he's looking for, some time. Can I, can I have some time with you? Let's go to Ezekiel 39. Just trying to give you all of the scripture you need to reflect on. Ezekiel 39. Hallelujah. Verse 23. Uh, okay, verse 23. There it is. It says, The Gentiles shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity, because they were unfaithful to me. Therefore, I hid my face from them. I gave them into the hand of their enemy, and they all fell by the sword. According to their uncleanliness and according to their transgressions, I have dealt with them and hid my face from them. Verse 25 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house. Are y'all here? Now that's where we come in. Amen. The whole house. And I will be jealous for, the, jealous for my holy name. Amen. In other words, God is saying... I'm just having mercy on everybody. And what I'm telling the atmosphere is to return to your normal state or return to your natural state. Your natural state is like as it was in the garden. And God is saying, I'm returning everybody back there. Those who seek me, those who are determined that they are not going to let the devil steal any more from them. Those who saying, I had enough, devil, and you are not going to take anything else from me. You're not going to take this country over. You're not going to 
kill any more children. Abortion is going to stop because I'm on my watch. Amen. And we're going to fight, take ground, take position. Amen. And fight. Hallelujah. How do we fight? We war in the spirit, not in the flesh. Amen. We don't fight one another, but we fight the devil because he's the author of confusion. Amen. And so we fight the real enemy and we annihilate him and get rid of him. Amen. Time is up for those who are corrupt. It's just that simple. And I'm thankful. Amen. I am thankful. Hallelujah. Verse 26 says, after they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness is in which they are, they were unfaithful to me when they dealt safely in their own land and had no one, wait a minute, and no one made them afraid. When I have bought them back from the people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and I am hollowed uh, in them in the sight of many nations, then they shall know that I am the Lord your God, who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also bought them back to their land, and left none of them captive any longer, and I will not hide my face from them any more. So, in other words, God is saying, look, we're grafted in, of course, we're uh, uh, under Judah. We're Judah. But we are grafted into this same thing that Israel is grafted in because of Abraham. And we're his descendants. We, we are grafted into the blessing. Amen. And so God is saying, if you seek me with your whole heart, I am going to make sure that nothing will hold you captive any longer. And that's in verse 28. Hallelujah. Let me read 28 again. It says, Then they shall know that I am the Lord their God, who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land, and left none of them captive any longer. And I will not hide my face from them anymore. And I shall have, and I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel saith the Lord thy God. So God is saying in this hour that he is no longer punishing people. That's a good thing. He's saying just return to me and I'll return everything that concerned you back to its original order. I'll return things to its uh, uh, natural state. Return to your natural state. And that's what God is saying. Return to your natural state. Hallelujah. Whether we messed it up or not, he don't care about that. He's saying return to your natural state. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's see, where are we at? This is Ezekiel. Okay, so let's go to back to Jeremiah chapter 31. I'm almost done. Lost my page. Just a second. Okay. Jeremiah 31, verse 16. And it says here, Thus saith the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping. In other words, God says, no more weeping. No more begging. No more crying. Be happy, because I'm in control. Amen. I have forgiven everybody of everything wrong. All I want you to do is focus on me. Amen. No need to fear. The devil, can't. he cannot destroy you. Amen. I, I was, let's see, where was that? I don't know where we were, and I took some notes. Uh, let's see, I think that's when Barb came and preached here when we uh, didn't have, we didn't go out of town because of the weather. And it says you cannot be defeated. And that's what, amen, and that's what this is reminding me of. 
he says, uh, and this is from Brother Copeland. Remember she read that thing by Brother Copeland? And it said, go back and do the last thing God told you to do. The minor things will cause you to dry up like the big ones. Pick up where you left off. Obedience is no small thing. And so it says, but you cannot, the devil cannot defeat you. The reward of the wicked will come. Satisfaction is provided by God. Long life and good health. But let him know, keep his keep God first in all things. And then it says, hashtag, make God number one. <laughs> that was my hashtag. But that was interesting. You know, it seemed to fit right there. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's the season we're in. Amen. Hallelujah. So back to Jeremiah 31. I just happened to remember that. I was reading over that the other day. So let's see. So let me pick up in 16. Refrain from your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord. And they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your future. Or there is hope in thine end, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. That your children shall come back to their own border. Amen. Amen. That means if you have wayward children, if you just have children that's out of the church, the Bible says they will come back to their border. Amen. Hallelujah. And this is their expected end. Verse 18 says, I have surely heard Ephraim. Bemoaning himself. You have uh, chastised me, and I was chastised like an untrained bull. Restore me, and I will return, for you are the Lord thy God. And that's the, that's the, the ones that have gotten away. Hallelujah. Let's see, do I want to go any further? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, uh, well, let's do 19. It says, surely after my turning, I repented. And after I was instructed, struck myself on the thigh, I was ashamed, yes, even humiliated, humiliated because I bore the reproach of my youth. And so, in other words, God is saying, look, it's time for everything to return to its normal state. Children shall come back to their own borders. When, you, when children go astray from the Lord, God promises that ultimately they will come back to the ways that they were taught as children. Amen. And that's in Proverbs 22.6, in case you want to go home and read that. Proverbs 22.6. It says, and the peace will be their portion. Peace will be their portion as they encounter God. And salvation will come to them. And that's Isaiah 49.23. Isaiah 40. And that goes for anybody in your family that you're still praying for. Isaiah 49:25. I'm sorry, 49:25. So God is everything concerning us taken care of already. All he wants us to do is seek his face. He wants some private time with us. God is going to have his way. He is going to have his way. Don't think one time God ain't we don't control God. We don't control nothing. God is going to have his way. Amen. Why? Because he's God. And he wants our full attention. This is why the devil is so busy distracting God's people. Amen. The devil is slick. And the master of strife and and destruction. He wants the intercession to cease. But God's people will continue to repent, to pray, and to be blessed by God. Amen. So stop looking in the natural. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. It talks about, I have not seen nor ear heard. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2. Hallelujah. So we need to continue to pay attention. 1 Corinthians 2. Oh, wait a minute. 9 through 16. It says, But it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, 
nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of, wait a minute, the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So you, in other words, this scripture is saying, look, you've got to know God by the spirit. But you have to perceive things by the spirit. Because no man can understand and see things but by the spirit of God. You can't see what God is doing in the natural. All we can see is what the devil's doing in the natural. And that's why we don't look. We don't participate and we don't pay attention. Amen. Okay, let's see. Where am I at? Eleven. So let me do the end of ten. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And that's another thing. If if you you suppose to know by the Spirit, somebody asked me uh, one time, He says, how do I know prophecy is real? And somebody had that on the Internet. You know by the Spirit. And I typed it in, too. No response. But you know by the Spirit. Because everybody's on there saying everything. Copycatting what somebody else, what some other prophet has said. Amen. Itching ears want to hear. They want to hear what they want to hear. I let my Spirit tell me whether it's right or wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. So you know by the Spirit. And it says here, um, okay, let me do 11 again. Because we, in other words, 11 is saying, by our Spirit we perceive things. Number 12 says, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. In other words, we know when something is, the devil's offering us something, telling us something, promising us something, and we know when it's from God. Amen? So we're not supposed to be moved by carnal promises, but by that, with our, because that's what our natural mind will tell us, but we're supposed to know what God is saying by the Spirit. And you can't know with your natural mind because your natural mind is always going to point to the natural because that's the only thing it can point to. But the spirit realm, your spirit man points you to things that are spiritual. Verse 13 says, these things we also speak, not in words, which which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Amen? So in other words, keep preaching truth. Keep, you know, paying attention to truth. Don't let the devil pull you over to the other side it says for who has known the mind of the lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of christ and also if you write down romans eleven thirty four, it talks about having the mind of christ amen we have the mind of christ so yes we can know what god wants what he's thinking what he's doing but not with a carnal mind you have to click over into the spirit. You have to learn how to walk in the spirit, and then you'll know what's God and what's not God. And a lot of people think, you know, something is not God when it's God because they're looking in the carnal realm, feeling around their feeling in the carnal realm where they shouldn't be. Because your mind is always going to tell you something opposite of what God's mind is telling him. But we have the mind of Christ where you don't have it in the carnal realm. You can't. It's impossible. 
That's why that scripture is in the Bible that says, had they known who Jesus was, they would never have. They thought he was somebody that was perpetrating. Well, who, he's in the church telling people off, kicking over the tables. And they, they thought he was just an outlaw because they, they knew nothing but what it looked like in the natural, carnal minds. Because what's spiritual is foolish to a carnal mind. Carnal people like to hang on to carnal stuff. And that's why they killed Jesus. But they regretted it right after they, he, he was seen in the city. After it happened. And he was spotted. And they regretted because they knew then who he was. But they couldn't see who he was. Because he didn't talk right. He didn't, you know, same thing they accuse, they accuse, they accuse our Lord, they accuse our president, and they will accuse you. You stand for righteousness, they will accuse you. That's just the way it is. That's the way the world is because they have no spiritual sense. Just like those people that crucified Jesus, they have no spiritual sense. Amen? Hallelujah. So... Who has known the mind of Christ? We do. All we need to do is let go of the, 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 the um, carnal realm, repent and get over into the spirit. We know the mind of Christ. We know what he wants. We know what's expected of us. And we do it. Amen. But you cannot discern through the ear gate and the eye gate what God is saying. You cannot discern through the ear gate and the eye gate, what God is talking about. You have to discern by your spirit. You let the heart, your heart do the talking. So we must come up to God's standards, come up to his ways. And we must allow God to pour into us his strength, his wisdom, and his power. So that we'll just keep up with what's going on. Are y'all here? We need to get face to face. To sit in his presence. Because we need to prepare for the blessing. We need to prepare. You know, you can't just get blessed. You've got to prepare for that. You've got to be ready for that. Prepare for the breakthrough. Amen. We need to be strengthened by God's might in the inner man. And you'll be radically changed. We're talking about a radical change. Mind change. Mind changing. Ephesians 3. It's my last scripture. Ephesians 3.15. Hallelujah. Radically changed. And that's what God, God wants us there. It's not something that a man is, is dictating. This is the word of God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3.15. It says, well, let's, let's do 14. And it says, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. If you are not strengthened by might, by the spirit, in your inner man, you won't know what's going on. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. This is my favorite scripture. Since I was, you know, just, you know, learning. Hallelujah. And verse 19 says, To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Oh, my goodness. I love that scripture. Being full, filled with the fullness of God. Awesome. That's, that's everything that God has. He puts over into us. That's completeness. Fullness. Hallelujah. Everything that God has. Wisdom. Uh, understanding. Plentitude. Full complement. 
Everything that God has, he puts it in you. Amen. He fills us with the fullness of him. Hallelujah. You're complete. In other words, you're complete. And I gave this uh, example years ago, I remember. No empty houses in a town. It's like a town with no empty houses. Every house is packed to capacity. Or a ship full of cargo and crew. In other words, nowhere to put nobody else because it's full to the max. Hallelujah. And this is how God wants us. He wants to put himself, fill us with himself, with his power. Amen. Fill us with his passion. Everything. Everything about us. I mean, everything about him, he wants to transfer into us. In other words, it's overflow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Overflow. That he wants to give us more of him. Full measure. Overflow. His power and his spirit to take ground. For this end time battle. And it can be won. It's already won. We just need to do the work. How much time do I have, Tanya? 18 minutes. Okay. So we can do the work. We can do the work. We're already assigned to do the work. Amen. And and the devil is a defeated foe. And I, I was just thinking about that. You know how sometimes you just get to thinking. And you say, no, I'm not taking this any longer. I'm not putting up with that any longer. Because the devil is a defeated foe. So we don't have to put up with his shenanigans. Amen. Hey, he, need to, he needs to be afraid of us. And he is. He is. He just tries to buffalo and make like he's got the power. But he doesn't have the power. Amen. He does not have the power. We do. There's keys. We have keys to the kingdom of God. We have keys that bind and loose. Keys unlock doors. Amen. He's not using the broken and the angry. But he's using those who have prepared themselves by seeking his face and receiving peace and love and and healing and wholeness. In the heart and in our minds. And we need all of that. I know I do. Amen. Holler. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. And it says here, and God saw the end of Job. And we read that in Job 42.10. He prayed for his friends. In other words, he shifted. It was like a paradigm shift. And he changed his mind. And when he did that. He was blessed. (laughs) He was the richest man in the land. He had more than he ever, than anybody had. Could you imagine somebody giving you 10,000 sheep? Where were they all? Where would you put them all? And could you imagine all the the hair, that, that whatever, that, all the coats and all the, yeah, all the coats and everything. I have a wool coat at home. Amen. Everything that they needed, he gave. So many thousands of oxen. And he gave one of those animals, we read it, said he gave them all female. That's so they could reproduce. Amen. Have milk, have everything that you need. So these are not just fables. This is the word of God. It's true and it's real. Amen. And I I just really love it. Do I do everything I'm supposed to do all the time? No, I don't. But I know how to repent and get back with God and do it less the next time. Amen. Hallelujah. Because I'm that smart. Hallelujah. So to know the love of Christ. This is verse 19. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness. And part of that is love. Knowledge of him. Prosperity, wisdom, power, love, uh, a a mind that's been restored, strong on your foundation. Everything that you think it is, that's what it is and more. 
Amen. And so God will do exceedingly and abundantly. I think then that that word in verse 20 says, now to him. I like that. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So be glorified and thank him. Amen. Uh, I'm just, I'm not trying to tell anybody that they don't know how to get close to God. What I'm saying is this is the time. Amen. The timing of things. And this is the time where God wants us to come closer. And if you look back at your CDs from the conference, Kelly preached it a year ago. Amen. And uh, somebody else, I don't know if it was Waller or a visiting um, preacher, but they preached how God wants to come in and have closeness. I think it was Waller two years ago. And so this is what time it is, and we need to be reminded. And God is shifting and changing things, and we need to acknowledge when he's doing things. But I'm telling you, it's never going to be like it used to be. And some people, especially religion, hates change. I'm looking forward to change. Are y'all here? I'm looking forward to change. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to where we're going. And we're going somewhere. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to where we're going. I'm looking forward to praying, seeing, changing this country. This country is, well, anyway, you all know. But we need to pray. We need to pray against wicked people. We need to pray that, you know, people are, are um, saved and secured. And, and this, this thing against Christians on people, everybody's job, you know, where they persecute you because you're Christian. This stuff needs to stop. And so we need to pray. Get in that prayer manual like never before. And if God gives you something else, write it down and pray. And you'd be surprised. People are backing off of praying. That's, that's where they are in their mind frame. But it's not time to back off. It's time to take ground. It's time to uh, launch the arrows that God has given us. And the arrows is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. The word of God, launch him at the devil and make him stop. And I don't want to just make him stop. I want to annihilate him because I'm sick of it. I am sick of it. I mean, it's just terrible. You know, uh, uh, yeah, we're going to get rid of abortion. It's sooner than you think. Just watch. Keep praying, but watch. Most Christians are watching. You can tell what they say on Facebook, and then you'll see somebody pop up and say, yeah, that's all true, but we still need to pray. I say, thank God. People are listening. People are understanding what's going on. But we need to, con- we need to pray more, not pray less. You know, pray more. The foundation that God put us on, we need to intensify it and increase it. And that's all I'm saying. God has got your future. He's secured it already. And all you need to do is not let the devil steal it from you. Because you you put in time. And then we read a scripture where it says, God will bless Everything that you've done, all the seeds you've sown or something like that. In other words, it's time to receive it, but it's also time to continue to pray and intensify your prayer and take ground. Amen. All right. Well, why don't we stop? Father, we do thank and praise you. We thank you for your work.